to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market where they're open 24-7 serving hot, fresh food. Moan is back from the West Coast, flew back to Tennessee. How tired are your arms? They are uh, super tired. My body's tired, but you know what? Work never stops, DK, and we're here for the people. And it's a holiday weekend, so let's rock out, man. Let's do that. Your friends Uh at Pro Football Focus, and they are your friends. They are your friends. Let's be clear about that. Saw that firsthand. (laughs) Have labeled the Steelers secondary as the – Potentially going into the season, the fourth worst in the NFL. I got to admit to you, Moan, I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about the secondary, mostly because you know you've got Minka and you've got Terrell Edmonds back there. Yeah. But I'm not feeling fourth worst in the league. Are you? No, I'm not. But it's also this, too, when we're discussing PFF. They go off their own metric. They have their own ways of, of like, grading guys or evaluating guys. And so what they say sticks to them and those who believe in them. But I don't think that's the case. When we look at what, what what's, what's, what's in that room right there, you're led by, like you said, Minka and Terrell. And then you got Cam Sutton and then Aquilo also, right, as far as just guys that are there. You don't have the name. And I think that's what we're looking at when we're talking about what PFF FF is asking of guys yes. and how they judge. Yes. And yes. This is the thing, too. They yes. can criticize somebody on a play here or there simply because one busted play or maybe because of the linebackers. They don't look at the overall scheme of the game. They look at that individual player, not the guy that's helping him over the top. You see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of different moving parts when it comes down to their judgment system. That is the one thing that I absolutely hate about their product. And I've told them that too. Well, what's your measuring stick? There's no measuring stick to say they're going to be the fourth worst in the entire NFL. I think is a very trashy move in the sense that it doesn't hold any basis. Guys get better from one year to the other. And I know it's a season of lies and lists and everything else that comes that way. But this isn't how you make a list when you say, okay, you're projected to be the worst ones. Why? Because I didn't get any better the year before. Silly to me, DK. Well, here's the thing. Let's let's line them up, okay? This is this, where this is first play. The Bengals first play from scrimmage in the opener. You've got on one side, one corner, outside corner, Akella Witherspoon. You mentioned mm-hmm. Levi Wallace, the free agent from Buffalo, who, by the way, was a good football player in Buffalo last year. Yes. Witherspoon was a good football player in Pittsburgh last year. Minka might be the best safety in the NFL, and he has his partner back who already understands him. In turn, you move Cam Sutton from the outside to the inside where everyone except Cam would agree he's better. (laughs) Okay? And then you also have, for your nickel and dime purposes, you have Arthur Mallette. Uh, yeah. You have other players that you can work into that mix when you need extra DBs in there. Trey Norwood is a guy who yeah. elevated his status in Mike Tomlin's eyes and made it onto the field. What am I missing, Bone? What am I missing? What's this fatal flaw here? Is it just that Joe Hayden's gone? Like you said, it's the name. It's that Joe Hayden's gone. 
And, and you know what? I, I guarantee you, if Joe Hayden got back into the fold of this Steelers defense, I guarantee you that would skyrocket at least at what they what we think their projections are, simply because he's a known commodity. But they also are, are just discounting guys simply because, like you said, I'm sure they're not measuring or they're not looking at the fact that Cam Sutton is going inside. I'm sure they're not looking at the fact that most guys get better from one year to the next. And also, again, you you mentioned the the you know the addition of of having Terrell back again. That's one thing that I said always when it came to Troy and Ryan Clark. And you know this also, man. A good safety has to have a real good back. I mean, a real good Robin. That's what they have on the back end of that defense. If you have the support of those guys to keep the top on, and let's be honest too, DK. If, if that rush up front assists those guys on the outside, that's where they're not counting what matters when it yes, comes. Yes, you can't. Game, and, and, yeah, and you can't actually. And this, I would not blame the PFF guys for not factoring that in because if you're yeah. grading just a secondary, you're doing it in isolation. I respect that much, but it's a factor. You've got yeah. TJ Watt on your side. You've got the yeah. team that's finished in the top three to five in sacks over the last mm-hmm. three years. They are mm-hmm. going to force the quarterback to make throws he doesn't want to make. Yep. One, 100%. And, and not just that, too. Sometimes a guy can give up four catches, DK, for probably 18 yards. Okay, but they're only going on the percentages of what those catches were. If, if I tell you I kept a guy five catches, 20 yards, that's a hell of a day. They're counting it as just five catches and the targets that came his way. That's bothersome to me. Again, it's not whole picture. You said they were my friends, DK. You see how my face looks now, where I'm a little, I'm a little perturbed by that, okay? Because I respect you got guys. my Matt Canada face. I, I, I got my Matt Canada face. Look at it. <laughs> I looked at myself on the screen. I was like, Moan, you're showing way too many emotions right now. I knew that. But with that being said, I, I, I hate people that pinpoint one thing and that thing, and when it doesn't paint the whole picture, give me a little bit of the the entire canvas of what's happening when those guys are in those situations. Is it a long down, long third down and distance situation? Is it a short first and five when you're talking about guys giving up first downs? Like, there's a lot of that that goes into play, and and they never do that. And truthfully, for their product. They probably never will simply because it kind of weakens their stance on what a grade is. And, but I, I, I'll always say we never see a bunch of guys on their list that get credit that we don't know about. It's always the known names, okay? And I'll say this. As a guy that's played in this league, there's a lot of guys that are in backup positions or new starters that I have your respect if they paid attention to them a little bit more. I'm not saying they give certain guys grace or they go off the name of certain dudes. But I'd say this is really telling that you're only seeing the usual suspects when it comes down to guys breaking their top tens or this list of players. Like, I'm sure probably, who is the number one secondary? Maybe Baltimore or something like that because they got a few names when they got a high first-round draft pick as far as safety goes. Like, think about that. New Orleans may have made it simply because they went and got the Honey Badger. You know, like, they're going off the name, and I, I, I'm not a fan of that type of stuff. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, the real flaw in any outside football grading. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, the real flaw in any outside football grading. And I'm going to underline the word football here. Because, Moan, when we're watching a shortstop, 
in baseball. Yeah. And we see a ball that's hit to his left. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing that 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 guy's got to do. Okay. Yep. We don't wonder what he's assigned to do. We don't wonder what what the scheme is for what he's supposed to do. There's a ball there. He has to get the ball and he has to throw it to first base before the runner gets there. In football, who are the people, Moan, who know what an individual player is supposed to do in a given situation? How many people actually know that? I would say, hey, when it comes to route, Probably just the guys that are in the position, so four wide receivers and the run, and the quarterback. Okay, when it comes to running the ball, the, the the running back and the offensive line. At most, it's probably five guys on a particular play that know what you got to do, unless it's a screen. And the coordinator and the coach. What? That's and the it. Coordinator and and we got to include guys. I'm talking about yeah, Moan. I'm talking about on the planet. The number of people who know what a player is supposed to be doing. Now, there are times when you can kind of suppose, all right, yeah. you're in one-on-one coverage. Yeah. The guy scorches you. Okay. But was a safety supposed to come over and give you help? Who knows? That percentage who is knows? probably less than a quarter of a 1%, okay? Like the, the the amount of people that know, and you can follow guys on social media that's played the game. You can follow guys, or you might be around somebody that understands the game a little bit more. I was actually having this conversation with with a buddy of mine recently, and when they were talking about you know just the basketball component of how Mark Cuban explained how they beat the Cavs that year. I mean, beat Miami that year as far as like the understanding of what the actual play is. And there was this big time, big mouth guy on a big network that was trying to bash him or bash the team on how they. Beat Beat him, and he was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. This is how it works. And I'm not bashing anybody when it comes down to your expert or or, or your opinionated uh, take on a sport or a play. But it's very few people that understand how this works and, and why it works a certain way. It's been times I've gotten, I'm talking about just blasted in the media just simply because a sack looked like it went through my gap. Mind you, I may have just been a gap to middle linebacker not even having anything to do with the outside guy. Okay, and the same thing goes for Marquise. I've seen Marquise eat a sack that was probably mine. You know, there's a lot of things that go in, or Dave or somebody get gets uh gets gets get called out for not blocking on a nice pullout. Well, you know what happens? A tight end can miss the block on the end of the line of scrimmage or simply get his butt whipped. But it looks like, oh, the linemen are getting their you-know-what kicked every single play. And that's usually one bad play is connected to another, unless it's something that's involved in an egregious interception, a guy holding the ball in a loose position to get fumbled. The overall play is maximum 10, 11 people in the world that can probably explain In your classroom settings. Yeah. Yeah. In in your classroom settings – when you would go in the day after a game and you would that's the only time that you would review what happened from the previous day. No, yeah. Would that come up, though? Would that would, because you, there has to be clarity. You do yeah. have to not to, not for finger pointing purposes and not for tracking, but just so that there's an understanding. Hey, here's what happened. Yeah, no, it, it does. And that's what film is. And, and truthfully, that's why you hear pros say this a lot. Like we spend a lot of time watching film. We spend a lot of time watching tape, like because the game is one thing, but the corrections from the game actually mean more. Like you said, 
months would grade us out and designate, well, Moan, this is a half a sack for you. And honestly, it's a half a sack for him. And I'll give him a quarter of a sack too. Like it's been times where three guys have gotten maybe a half and two quarters when it comes down to designating what happened on a specific play. And then the, the most, the, 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 the most important one of them all to us was the overall sack count. Like if a quarterback is running out of bound, that goes to the OL. You know, or the running back, like designating, like, hey, don't worry about this play. I know it looks embarrassing, but that's the running back's fault. That happens in meetings. That also uh, gives – it really makes you a better pro, too, just simply because you're going to see that situation again. Uh, I know you hear coaches say this all the time. It's a copycat league and all of those types of things. Being in film for hours, to me, is more important than being on the field for hours at a time. I'd rather have three times in the classroom talk than I would being on the field, simply because the visual aspect of corrections to mistakes go way further. And that's where it also gets into the conversation uh, throughout the season. You want to be ascending throughout the year. It's okay to have a slow start to the season. But if you correct those mistakes right. that you're making in right, those right, right. games, so by the time you hit November, you're clicking, and then you feel confident. And then there's no – what do I want to say? is is no pride that really goes into you messing up a situation. The way you've seen everything, and I, I love film more than anything, DK. Unleash hell in December, as they say, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> Remember is. Remember that? Yes, when we come indeed. back, it's time for our Hey Moan segment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the Hey Moan segment. And today's entry comes from Dwayne Braxton, who says... Hey, Moan, why is Matt Canada blamed for everything when everyone knows that Ben did whatever he wanted to do? Ben would boast about making up plays. Also, former and current Steelers have pretty much said that whatever seven wants, seven gets. Moan, I got to I'm going to let Dwayne have his moment here. I got to tell you, Dwayne rides me every single time I mention Matt Canada. I think Dwayne and Matt Canada are like golfing partners or something here. Yeah. But he, but you know what is? Uh, but is his is his question fair? Is mm-hmm. it, it? Can we reasonably look at Matt Canada's twenty twenty one and assess it based on what he said about Ben just basically running the show? Is it fair? Well, heavy is the head that wears the crown. We've heard all of this about Matt Canada as far as his uh, offensive ingenuity. We've heard everything about he's the guy that's going to move this offense in a different direction, considering you knew that you had been, okay? You knew that you, at some point, was going to transition out of his era. So the reason there's so much... I guess, pressure to on him to perform. Well, Ben actually gave a little bit of a grace period, too, to go get a running back, to go get a couple young wide receivers, to go get an offensive line together. You're not carrying his cap as far as the overall price of him uh, restricting you from signing free agents. So now that you got all those tools, you got two tight ends also. Let's not forget that. And just depth at a lot of positions across the board. He's expected to perform. This is his baby. And on top of that, you go get a first-round quarterback at his, whether he wanted him or not, but this is your guy. You know what I'm saying? So why not be pressure on the guy? You get on players when they go get a big bag and ask them to perform. The same thing goes to the guy wearing the big hat or they got the the, the big uh, spreadsheet on game day. It is. It's a really big hat. He's got a huge hat, actually, as long yeah. as we're, we're on the subject of Canada's hat. You know, here's here's my thing, Moan. 
you said just now in your response, you were talking about uh, what, what kind of pressure there is and so forth and everything and what we're expecting here. I think it's reasonable for any of us, myself and you included, to say, let's see it. You mentioned ingenuity. Moan, I'm not speaking out of turn here when I say that I'm sitting somewhere in a stadium, wherever the Steelers are in the country, and I get a text from R. Foster, and it says, (laughs) and it says, where's the imagination here? Where's the imagination? Yeah. Okay? That's not... That's not saying the guy is hopeless. That's not saying the guy's in. It's saying that we have not seen it with our eyes. Dwayne, that's it, man. It's not bashing. It's not whatever. It's saying we need to see some evidence of this. Mm -hmm. And and this is the thing, too. We can talk about, you know, Ben doing his own thing for a long time. But if you look at the way this play, uh, the way this team called plays last year, it was mostly out of the huddle. And that's when I was texting you. Let's go to the Minnesota game specifically. Like, where was the excitement in a game like that? If your offensive line isn't working, and it was times last year when it wasn't, well, what are you actually going to do? The pass pro wasn't terribly bad. Like, where is the pre, pre, pre-motion pre uh, uh, movement from your wide receivers or your running back? Where was all of that that we heard about? We saw none of it. You say what you want to about being, uh, you know, handicapping the offense or whatever you want to call it. No, I don't think that was the case. I think he didn't get outside of his box. And now that you have the subtraction of Ben, you have three mobile quarterbacks, more mobile than Ben was. Am I correct? Yes, I am. So because of that, show me what you have. Show me the rollouts. I think it's a fair expectation for us to charge that on him to say, go get it. It's not criticizing him. It's not. Hey, what, ha- what happened in the second half of that game in Minneapolis offensively? Anyone remember? Anyone uh, remember? Oh, yeah. Ben just started flinging the ball downfield and everybody's making big, long, deep catches. Yeah. And everyone in the huddle, by the way, Dwayne, the guys who talked to us after the game and through the yeah. week acknowledged that that was because Ben went out there and took control of the offense. And said, screw and it. it. actually, and said that, and and it moved. Not because of Matt Canada, but despite Matt Canada. I'll, oh, Dwayne, you're not going to win this one, man. No, I'll even you're go a little not. bit further. We'll throw an addition of some, you know, I had conversation with guys around it that just said the running game. They, they didn't know what was going on. So that that's not a Ben thing. Is it? That's not no. a Ben thing whatsoever. No, nope. they lacked com- lacked commitment was what was the word that you used, the term that you would use throughout the year. There we go. Yep. Yeah, so that's got nothing that, to do with the quarterback. Again, Dwayne, I appreciate. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Go I, ahead. I was just going. It's always forgivable for the coaches. Always forgivable, except for Coach Tomlin, or the office, the front office, or the team. But a player in these situations that have this type of whether we call Matt Canada a starter, a big money guy, or just a head honcho, they get a pass. We in Pittsburgh, I feel like, are not giving that pass unless you want a Greg Roman type of situation in Baltimore. Dwayne, we still love you, man. I just want you to know that. Just just going on the record yeah, no, here, we still love you. That's why we're just talking. We're just talking football and keeping everything real, you know. And, and if players mess you know, up, nothing we're else call to. Them out well, actually, we love too. everybody who. 
<laughs> we love everybody who watches this show, who listens to it in podcast form. We're grateful for it. Uh, we won't be around for the 4th of July. We hope you aren't poking around on YouTube either. Get out and enjoy your families and fireworks and all that other stuff. It's been a couple of years now that we haven't been able to do that. Uh, Moan, I'll see you on Tuesday. No doubt. Let's knock it out, DK.